0: This week, we're reading Cruel Beauty by Rosamond Hodge, otherwise known as Come Feed the Little Birds and Show Them You Care. Hi, readers. I'm Jordan. And I'm Katie. And welcome to Not Another Heroine Season 2, the podcast where we break down the best and worst fictional heroines of any genre. <laughs> because that's what we do now. Want to see what's next on our TBR list? Subscribe to us on YouTube or follow us on Instagram for a sneak peek at upcoming content or to help us pick our next book. the fuck did we read? I don't know, dude. This was a fever dream. And did this make you sleepy every time you tried to read it? Um, no. That might be a unique Katie thing. Girl, I would get like three pages in and just want to <laughs> pass out like oh, every my. single time. Oh my. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe that's why it feels so chaotic because like your brain can't follow. I could see that because uh, have you ever read? Who is this book by? It's called uh, Deathless by. I've heard of it. Catherine valente Mm-mm. it's like a retelling of like a russian fairy tale about this like kind of god but not really and he can't die and it's the most fever dream fucking book it's good but it's like you have no idea what's happening at huh. any given time like they go to the city and everything is like made out of stuff that's alive oh uh, yeah It's no. super, it's <laughs> super like not triggering but like triggering I don't yeah. like that. But this reads the same way, where it's just like, I have no idea what's happening. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. maybe maybe if I need another chaotic uh, reading experience, I'll, <laughs> know, I'll check yeah. out that. <laughs> if you didn't feel, you know, traumatized enough by this one. <laughs> well, and then, okay, readers, so you're aware, we're convinced the author can gaslight you. Uh, oh, 100%. Uh, through this writing style, because you read it, right? Allegedly. Yep. I read it and neither one of us remembered like three quarters of this book. Nope. I read this in 2017 and gave it five stars. <laughs> this is like the YouTube like album on all the iPhones. This is the book equivalent. Like Goodreads for sure is, you know, I, gaslighting I me. I don't <laughs> know what's happening. And also I, I remember giving it like four or five stars too. And yeah. then, like, on the second read through, I'm like, why? No, <laughs> <Yeah>. Definitely not. <laughs> um, I was so confused. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. You want to start us off? Meet her heroine? Mm-hmm. Her name is is nix cool name Uh, yes i did love the name triskelion yeah okay sure we'll go with that Mm with a little last name uh anyway she's like we immediately meet her and she's getting ready for her wedding and you're like um she kind of seems like not happy like what is happening very angry (laughs) yeah like Like, (laughs) simmering constant (laughs) anger mixed with depression. Yeah, like a sad angry. Yeah. And her sister is there and we keep getting these little hints of Nyx's like internal monologue of like, I fucking hate my sister. and It's like okay. Oh, that. (laughs) Yeah, so the the sister dynamic in this book is wild yeah, because it swings from like hatred to love, back to hatred. It's all over the fucking place. Mm -hmm. I almost feel like it's how the sister relationship should have been in Akatar between Mm -hmm. Nesta and Feyre, like for it to be more convincing, I feel like it should have been. Yeah, this is actually very similar to the Nesta and Feyre, but I feel like neither Nyx or what's the sister's name? Like, oh, it's like Astralaria or something. (laughs) Yeah, But neither one of them are like um, Feyre and Nesta. It's Mm -mm. like they're both equal parts of them because mm-hmm. we also were talking about it nix is kind of like a knockoff jude from the cruel prince mm-hmm. so if you need like a vibe check angry at the world but also not angry and understands like duty but is like kind of pissed off about it like. and like <laughs> supposedly an academic too yeah like allegedly but you don't really you don't get that impression because no. <laughs> okay so she's getting ready for her wedding but this wedding is like like a forced wedding it... an arranged wedding yeah and it's. The whole purpose is to eventually kill the groom. Yeah. uh, Because he's the gentle lord. Which... I like that. I, I, I like a lot of the terms and phrases and names that the author used in this book. Because mm-hmm. uh, he's a demon lord and he is basically responsible for ruining this the country's whole world like life. <laughs> so this is where it starts getting like fever dreamish, like right mm-hmm. off the bat, because there's not a real sky. Oh, that fucked me up immediately. <laughs> like it's not blue. It's like this parchment colored and there's no sun. Yeah. It's like vague memories of light that Mm -hmm. they get. And it's like an illustration of the sun. Like the sun rays are just like painted on. (laughs) And the whole premise is this country island nation got trapped by like the gentle lord and his demons like centuries ago. And they live in this like capsule a capsule? A capsule. I, I <laughs> the fancy version <laughs> uh, of like a separate world reality, I guess. Uh what was the book we were just talking about? The Glass Dome? Uh Wolf Speaker. That's exactly. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. just another glass dome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so she's uh, has an arranged marriage with the gentle lord. She's really upset about it, and then you like immediately find out why she's upset, and then you're also upset on oh, her, her fr- behalf. Yeah, <laughs> please explain. Because <laughs> oh my god, you want to murder the entire family after you hear about what happened here yes so basically her father and her mom were married and her mom wasn't able to have kids and the dad is like a a mage like scholar mage scholar yeah yeah historian for, too yeah like some kind of smarty pants professor type um and so he's part of the secret organization that is hellbent on trying to end the gentle lord but uh, the gentle lord also makes deals with people that always inevitably like turn out fucked up. And so the mom can't have kids. And so he goes to the gentle lord to make like a deal so that she can. Because isn't she sick too or something? Yeah. I don't. Well, well, so the mom. I thought the mom died in childbirth or something like that. Yeah. Because that's the like the end. shitty end of the bargain. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, whatever. So she can't have kids, goes to make a bargain. And so the gentle lord is like, okay, like, I'll give you, you know, I'll let your wife be able to have kids. That sounds weird. But um, you have to let me marry one of the daughters. And he's like, okay, fuck that daughter, I guess. Except the mom dies in childbirth and he's all bent out of shape about it. And so they have decided that the daughter that's going to marry the gentle lord they're going to raise is like a sacrifice where she has to kill herself to like kill him, the gentle lord. And like that's her fate. It's <laughs> her entire life. Can you Like from the day you arrive in the world until like your wedding day, your entire family is treating you like a sacrifice. Oh, and then the girls, so they're twins, mm-hmm. uh, and her sister, uh, they are raised, their chaperone is their dead mom's sister, who is sleeping with her, with their dad, like, like Ugh. trying to be like, um, like, what's the word? Quasi mom figure. Yeah, but like they're hiding the fact that they're sleeping together. Oh, yeah. They're trying to be like. Mm, discreet yeah. about it, except everyone knows. And Nick's is like, "You fucking whore!" Yeah, <laughs> like the ant's character gave me like cat vomit vibes the whole time. <laughs> you know what I mean? That just like, <laughs> <laughs> yep, yeah. There's nothing likable about the ant, and so the ant is helping Nix get ready, and she's like. She has the marriage talk with her, like this is what <sighs> happened in the bedroom, and like she says, you need to move your hips, and like as a the reader, raider, I see I the like... cat, cat vomit. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> it's so gross because you know that all of her experiences from fucking her dad. Oh, uh, like, uh, well, I did not her think dad, but no. <laughs> no. Oh. I yeah, traumatized because I can't imagine marrying someone that my sister was married to, like, and then just taking her spot, like raising her kid kids hell no <laughs> yeah so that's the, yeah that's the background for Nick. so you understand why she's angry at the world and hates her family for the most part and like the way the sister is described is like she's this flawless um she's like an elaine character happy giggly sees the bright side and everything and the way they describe they're not identical twins mm-hmm. so like she's like round faced and like cherub like and Nyx is like the more regal, I think Mm -hmm. is how she's described. Like aggressive features, but it's like not beautiful, but like kind of pretty, like statuesque. Yeah, like attractive, but not pretty. Yeah, that uh kind of thing. So you just like immediately are thrown into this layer of like, what the fuck family? Relationships are happening right yeah. now, and I know Nix is designed to not be super likable, but I mm-hmm. think all of these qualities make her likable because yeah. she's not like other heroines. Mm-hmm. That was good because she kind of uh, she's angry about having to be sacrificed, and she's really bitter that her like family just treated her like d- at a distance her entire life because they knew that she was going to go off to die. But she's also kind of conflicted because she feels the duty to like save her country, but it's also like. Why are you putting that on the shoulders of a (laughs) 17-year-old? Yeah. Oh, and yeah. So she's 17, and apparently she's been studying her entire life, like, in the shadow of her father to learn all these, they say, hermetic principles, uh, shades of, like, Greece. Um, I don't know. Kind (laughs) of. Do we want to talk about the setting? Yes. Uh, (laughs) 100%. uh, Oh, my God. (laughs) I don't... So, I'd say this is good and bad, like... uh, like, reflections on reading this book is mm-hmm. it's very unique world building because they use like the greek pantheon as like the gods mm-hmm. but there's it's seemingly set in like a british type of like yeah because i got like french uh like versailles yeah, <laughs> yeah which like, it doesn't that's way, not greek <laughs> the way the houses are described like with like lacy wallpaper mm-hmm. and like the dresses have boning and stuff in them yeah so like an alternate history Greece? Yeah, cuz she like uh, the author kind of tries to like write it off as you know it used to be Greece and Rome and then they got cut off like 900 years ago and they like found other ways to like adapt, but it's like I'm still confused yeah. <laughs> Like there's Latin sprinkled through throughout yeah. this book uh, too. So I'm wondering if like the author has some like classics training or oh. is like a classics uh, buff? And so she wanted to, like, sprinkle some of that in there, which is like, OK, cool. Like, that's different. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also w- consistency. Like, yeah. can we have something that, like, doesn't throw us off a cliff every other page? Yeah. We need a cohesive, uh, you know, setting here. And then, like, shades of, like, old Irish fairy tales, yeah. too. I, because they have, like, hedge witches and, like, hedge gods and... Mm. And then the lamps. I don't get the lamp. I don't either. Hermetic lamps. I think it's like mage light. Who knows? Because then we're also like immediately, that's how they bring in the hermetic training or whatever, that she has this like lamp on her desk and she uh, undoes the like hermetic curse thing on it that makes it work and then it blows up and doesn't work anymore and she's like haha like I've been trained to do this and I'm going to do it in the house of the gentle lord and that will be his demise <sighs> there's also like element like air fire water oh uh-huh there's like four of them that make hermetic workings yeah work so there's that aspect, too. Welcome to the fever dream. Yeah. <laughs> we've arrived. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. So basically, uh, she's about to go out to, you know, be in this, like, wedding parade. Yeah. Her wedding is, like, not to an actual person. It's, like, a straw man. Mm-hmm. Literally a straw man. Yeah. Because the gentle lord's not going to come down to the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> not his first wedding, either. He's been married, like. Eight times, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but right before Nick's, you know, goes down the stairs, uh, she finally has like the last straw, and her sister's like, "No, I don't want you to go. Like, you're gonna survive. Um, here's a a knife that's like a virgin, a virgin blade carried by virgin hands can kill the gentle lord. Ugh. Oh my god, my eyes are like rolling back into my head. Uh, but she gives it to her, and Nyx just kind of has like a bitch moment, and she's like, "Well, I've always hated you," and then. And as her sister's crying, she walks down the stairs. So (laughs) I I felt really conflicted about that piece because internally, Nix is like, I've always smiled for my sister. I've always told her it's going to be okay." And then at the very last minute, she like after holding it in all these years, she does that shit, which I don't know if you've ever like had a relationship like that where someone has like been lying to you about how they feel about you Mm -hmm. for so long and then like they pull the wool out or off. I don't know, (laughs) out, off, whatever. And then you're like, oh, the entire, like my entire understanding of us and our world and you is wrong. Yeah. That's like the shittiest move you can do to another person. But it's also like, I kind of get it. Yeah. (laughs) Like you understand it, but like, also, yeah, because for this first bit, Nix is kind of a sympathetic character. Like, you don't like her, but you're like, fuck, man, like, yeah, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> but the, you don't know enough about the other sister to... Mm-mm make that seem justifiable. Yeah, because it does feel like a, what is it, an unreliable narrator in the beginning? Oh, yeah. Because, Mm -hmm. like, the sister's described as, like, being perfect and her dad loves her and dotes on her and she's always smiling and, like, look on the bright side. And she's like, I'm a sacrifice? Like, what is the bright side of this? Mm -hmm. And, you know, the sister's been living in this, like, daydream that her sister is going to find a way to survive that and she's gonna vanquish the gentle lord in return and everything's gonna be amazing and it's like honey that's not how the world works (laughs) no so so she has this little uh hissy fit and then she goes into her wedding and she you know marries a statue in this very uncomfortable like wedding scene and then she's kind of crying too and then she's dumped off at a castle yeah (laughs) but it's like ruins of a castle it's like not even a (laughs) yeah it's like yeah like it's like a tower right i don't i couldn't picture a lot of this who knows which is interesting <laughs> though because in our last book we were talking about how like the imagery and like wild magic and all of those books is like in your head you mm-hmm. know exactly what it should look like i had no idea what any of this looked like no, and all. i think that was probably what made it more hard to read was we went from something that's just super easy like i'm oh, gonna turn my brain off watching a movie and then this and you're like i am struggling <laughs> so is that like a characteristic of like uh advanced writing or poor world building and poor descriptors i don't know like this whole thing was just too fever dream to like hold it together Mm -hmm. because like you'd like read something and then you'd immediately be like what the fuck are they talking about like where are they (laughs) yeah i could yeah so the way the characters so she gets to the castle um the door opens she walks in and then doesn't she like immediately pass out yeah she just like falls asleep she's like nobody's She's like in the foyer. <laughs> yeah. And like, oh, I'm just going to take a nap. <laughs> yeah. But also I get it because like I get tired too. <laughs> but, but also. <laughs> but the wake up. I weirdly loved this because it was so fucking like chaotic neutral. Like, yes, actually. <sighs> I felt conflicted. That's fair. Because it didn't seem like it made sense for the characters. Oh, not at all. But it was just so chaotic that it's like okay, this is how we're meeting this character, I guess. Because she wakes up and she feels like a weight on her shoulder or her lap or something. Mm-hmm. And then she kind of is like, what oh, the fuck? And then he's like, hi there. And it's I'm like, your husband. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and he's like falling asleep on her. And she's like, what the fuck? And he's um, weirdly attractive. Oh, yeah. Like young, handsome, disheveled, long black hair, mm-hmm. sharp features, wearing like uh, Victorian clothes. Mm-hmm. And then his eyes. He has like red cat eye slit demon eyes, yeah, uh, enough to freak any girl out on her wedding yeah. night. But it's also kind of like it works for him, yeah, <laughs> like it, a weird way. It fits the character. But then she immediately tries to stab him. Yeah, fair. And he stops it. He yeah, takes the knife away and throws it like twelve feet up the wall. He's like, oh well. It's like, good job, wife. That was a nice <laughs> attempt there. <laughs> but it's also funny because that's the fever dream part of that. Because she gets the knife taken away from her. And then she immediately starts, like, undoing the top of her dress. And she's like, I didn't mean to do that. Like, I love you. Like, what are you talking about? Oh, like- <laughs> yeah. now I remember. Okay, I was mad about this part. I was too. This fucking character, Nix, she goes from, like, I'm going to kill you to, like, let me seduce you. Like, back and forth, like, three or four times. Not consistent at all. No. That was bad character writing. Yeah. And so... I really struggled for this first bit. And then um, I just brainwashed myself into believing like a fake part of this book is that as soon as she walked through the door, she went insane. And then all of her decisions made a little bit more sense. Like, so. (laughs) Yeah. If you just take it. From the fact that she just, like, had a mental snap and she literally is, like, not in charge of her faculties. It's like, oh, so this is why she's doing all this, like, dumb shit. Okay. Maybe maybe that's what I need to reread. No, I can't reread this book again. No, I don't think I, so. There's no way. Uh-uh. But that's the only way you can really process how she's behaving. Yeah, because Be- it's erratic. Er- yeah, and it, frustrating. Like, it makes it hard to even like her more. Uh, she's not relatable because people don't fucking behave like that. No. Ugh. It's like not even a coherent method to try to bamboozle him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and he's like, oh, like the entire, the dude. It, so his name is Ignifax? Ignifax. Yeah. Which, cool name. I know. All the names in here are really neat. Mm-hmm. He's just kind of goes with it. I think he finds it like charming. Yeah. He's like, yeah, well, you're kind of psychotic, but I weirdly dig it. <laughs> I'm a demon. I'm psychotic too. Maybe we're a good match. Because <laughs> I will say that was my favorite part throughout the whole of this is that he's like, I like my women a little fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> like a little streak of cruelty in there. Yeah, it's like, um like you can't help but like Ignifex um throughout this. Um, and then we get to meet Shade. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Cause immediately you're like, okay, so this is the love triangle. He's the good one. Cause he's basically like, Okay, you can go to your room and like clean yourself up because your titties are hanging out <laughs> yeah <laughs> also uncomfortable for the reader because she nix describes this her wedding dress is like pushing her chest up and out and i are like okay we all know what that looks like but i as a reader i don't need that like written for yeah. me Mm-mm, this whole thing feels uncomfortable I'm already gross <laughs> like are we reading like a dark romance now i or know yeah <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> so he like summons this like shadow or his shadow, but it's like corporeal. Corp- something like that. Whatever that C word is. It's a shadow that has like somewhat of a substance, but not quite. Mm-hmm. And then it snatches onto her arm and she's like, oh, that's pretty solid. And then she's dragged away to her room. And his name is Shade. Yes, but he can't speak. Mm-hmm. He doesn't, like, he can just drag her around. Terrifying. Uh, Yeah. But he's got the same exact form as Ignifax does. Mm-hmm. So it could be his shadow. It could be a different person. Hold on mm-hmm. to that in your little pocket. Yeah, who knows what <laughs> it is. And she just kind of, like, changes dresses and then goes out to dinner. And the dinner is really tasty. And they talk a little bit. And then... Uh, At the end, Ignifax is like, you get one chance to guess my name every night and if you guess it wrong, you're going to die. And she's like, well, I guess I'm not going to guess it then. (laughs) So like shades of Rumpelstiltskin. (laughs) still skin. It's like, what is going on? I don't know. Uh, And I I felt like the dinner was supposed to be like a bonding, like, oh, he's charming. She's like resistant, but can be charming too. Yeah. But like, it doesn't, it doesn't click. No. You don't feel any kind of connection between Ignifex and Nyx, though Mm -hmm. you're supposed to. Yeah. Because it feels like a... Yeah, like a fever dream, like where nothing really makes sense. But when you're in it, you're like, yeah, totally. Like, Mm -hmm. that's exactly what a real person would say. Nodding and anyways. Uh, Weird. (laughs) And then it gets even weirder. 100%. Uh, This is where like we step off into like from the kiddie pool of fever dreams into. (laughs) You are drowning. Yeah. In the (laughs) Pacific Ocean. (laughs) And there's a shark, like, circling around you. Uh, So she goes back to her room. It's nighttime. And she's like, "Okay, I'm going to, like, look around. And she goes, "Er, when does Shade come back? Does he? take her from the room and then yeah he takes her because he comes to the room and like it's finally nighttime and ignifax can't come out at night or something like that because he just... he's scared of the dark yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cute <laughs> it's just oh, so... buddy. <laughs> buddy it's all right uh but shade comes out and like when he knocks on her door he has more form mm-hmm. so he's like a person but all in shades of gray mm-hmm. except for his eyes which are like bright blue mm-hmm but I... it looks just like Ignifex, except for the eyeballs. Yeah. This whole thing was so confusing to read, like... And you're also, I was rolling my eyes at Nick's through this. I'm like, okay, Shade looks just like Ignifax, except his eyes are different. Oh, and Ignifax has demon eyes. I wonder what is happening here. And she does not put two and two together until like the very fucking end of this book. And no fucking point does she even like consider the fact like, they're the same person, maybe. No. No. (laughs) No. And this is supposed to be an academic who's been studying the history of the gentle lord and her fucking country for like her entire life. Nope, she's just looking at it right in the face and being like, that's weird. Maybe she was <laughs> the right one to sacrifice. I know, honestly. Because <laughs> the more you hear about the other sister, you're like, she'd probably get shit done immediately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but so Shade takes her back to the dining room area and it's full of water. And then we like immediately learn that this is the heart of water, which is like one of the four hermetic workings that she'll have to disable to destroy the house or whatever Mm -hmm. and uh uh, they like are together and then there's like stars around them and then she kisses him and then he can talk okay (laughs) let me let me let me get on my soapbox about this fucking scene right here i am so very mad okay the heart of water scene is really cool Mm -hmm. because they describe it as, like, the entire ballroom filled with water, but you can walk on it. You can feel it lapping at your feet, but you're not sinking into the water. And then there's, like, tiny little stars that are glistening on top of the water, and it's super pretty. And, like, the visuals are amazing. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of House Moving Castle. Yeah. The, like, field scene where all the little, like, stars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Except then after they have this sweet moment in the heart of water and she's, like, starting to realize, oh, there's a heart of water, which means there must be a heart of air and earth and fire. She just kisses him. Yeah. There's out, of, no... out of nowhere. She kisses Shade, who she didn't trust at all because she's like, oh, you're part of Ignifax or not, or at least his slave. Yeah. I can't trust you. But she just kisses him. Yep. And it probably feels uh, jarring to our readers, but it feels jarring reading it. Like yeah. they're just standing there and then she's like, well, got to kiss him now. <laughs> this is Day one. <laughs> day- hours in. like, And she even. goes from like hating her life, wanting to kill her husband, like doesn't want to get married to she just she and she has no boyfriends before this. Nope. I'm like, just going to kiss this man. A, no, <laughs> that's a ghost. Who that's behaves not <laughs> like that? Like a 17 year old raised in this country with like the kind of culture that's described here would not behave like that, even if they were angry and like psychotic. Yeah, that's it. That's the scene. <laughs> he kind of kisses her back. Yeah. And then immediately after that, he can speak. Yeah. And it's like okay, okay. and he's like, yeah, I I can speak now because you kissed me. We get no Whoa, more explanation. Why? That's all. That's all. Okay, magic happened. Yep. Well, magic. <laughs> I don't know. I'm. So, <laughs> I am so flustered even thinking about this scene. Yeah. Because there's no there's no chemistry at, at all. all. Like maybe if they had if she had written the chemistry better, like uh she saw shade for the first time and felt like a weird pull towards yeah. her I'm like that's how you design like a kiss on the first day mm-hmm. if you have to do it otherwise it's just like well they're kissing now okay that's pretty weird <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, but that's, uh, and he gains the ability to talk, but he doesn't actually like tell her really anything helpful. Um, And then she goes back to her room and wakes up the next day and goes to the kitchen and eats breakfast. And then she finds a secret door in the kitchen that wasn't there a couple minutes before and she goes through the dark tunnel. (laughs) She's so dumb. I know. She just like, you know, can't see the end, but she's like, oh, tell him I'm going to crawl through. <laughs> oh, so a little bit of backstory that we forgot to mention. At the very, like, the very moment she meets Ignifax, or, like, that first interchange, he gives her a key and tells her, oh, this oh, key yeah. will open, like, all the doors in the house that you will have access to. And then Ignifax is wearing, like... Braces, a bandolier, a bandolier. (laughs) Yeah, he's wearing a bandolier of keys, all different shapes and sizes. And, like, okay, like, I'm just gonna wear keys. (laughs) Obviously, these are important to me. I'm gonna show them off in like a weird battle format. Strange. None of this makes no, yeah. So, at the end of this dark tunnel, um, it's like the bottom of a well, but like a mini garden thing. And then there's a bird statue in the corner, and she's like, this is the god of the house. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. She looks at this fucking bird statue and it's like, this is the village god blessing this house. And she goes back to the kitchen and grabs like a loaf of bread and starts sprinkling breadcrumbs in front of this bird statue. Because again, this character is insane. <laughs> <laughs> and then she takes a nap and then goes back. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. Um uh, breather. <laughs> All right, we're gonna take a breather for a second. <laughs> So like for the next couple of days, she just kind of like hangs out and looks through doors and some open and some don't. And, and the house changes like Hell's Moving Castle. So uh-huh. all, all the place. Yeah. It's like a labyrinth, but not. But then she's like, oh, my God, if it is a labyrinth, like, I don't know how to get out of those. I've never been able to do them. But this isn't a labyrinth because I'm in charge. And you're confused. Yeah, the whole time. <laughs> yeah. But then she stumbles across this one room. Um, and it has a giant mirror in it, and she's like thinking about her sister, and then her sister pops up in the mirror, and her sister's laughing. Yeah, and it, it's like a gonna... grand old time with dad. Oh, the scene is hard to read because it's just really sad. Yeah, Nix doesn't quite understand how the mirror works, but she sees. Her sister seemingly having a good time. And she's like, oh, well, that tracks with my total understanding of her as a person, which is that she really doesn't care about me. Like, my family's better off without me. And the aunt's there and the dad's there and they're laughing and, like, eating breakfast or something. And Nix is like, fuck these people. (laughs) (laughs) And then she has, like, a weird, like, emotional crisis over kissing shade. Yeah. It, like, happens randomly, like, during that or like immediately after like girl's thoughts are all over the place like she feels like panicked because she kissed shade and like that's out of character for her obviously (laughs) um yep and she's like well what does he think about me i'm like girl you just met this dude why do you care what he thinks at all like also like he's a ghost like (laughs) i know he gets like more bodily at night but like also, obviously not 100% there. <laughs> and like, you're suppo- you're supposed to understand that Nyx feels like physically attracted to both of them, both mm-hmm. Ignifex and Shade, but like, I don't, I never got that sense. No, it just feels like weird, like, well, he's my husband, so I am attracted to him and I feel conflicted about it because I also have to kill him, but... <sighs> You know feelings, and it's like, girl, what is what, happening? What is going on inside your brain? Is there anything in there? Like, no. no. <laughs> and doesn't she have like another like bantering session with Ignifax? I think so because they have dinner together every night, and like they banter, and but loosely, you don't get the bantering. Yeah, like you, like it. it you're told that they banter. <laughs> But it's also weird because she doesn't even pretend that she's not trying to kill him. And he's like cute about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this woman is trying to kill you. <sighs> so we're going to stop there. Welcome to the Fever Dream. Uh, we're going to spread it out into two more episodes of Fever Dream because this is confusing to talk about. <laughs> we need to work it out ourselves as we're describing this. Uh it's, there you go. Meet yeah. Nix and Ignifex. And mm-hmm. this weird fucking world that they're living in. Yep. And a bird statue. <laughs> <laughs> Let's worship the bird statue. Yeah. The, and go walk on water for yep, a little while. Yep. Uh, yeah. What other weird shit happened in a house that moves rooms but doesn't? And, and the straw statue wedding and the, the weirdly provocative wedding dress. Yeah. And then there's also like laughter that she sears in certain hallways that feels threatening. <laughs> and threatening shadows that are everywhere. <laughs> Uh, Yep. Yeah. So this is cruel beauty from our (laughs) shelf to yours. We'll see you on the next page.